for the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and it's a disaster. Uh, no, not being me. <laughs> Maybe some days. But I'm talking about the fact that the United Nations just put out a supposedly authoritative scientific report on a quote, staggering end quote, rise in climate disasters over the last 20 years. And it was seized upon with the usual enthusiasm by the usual suspects, including someone taunting us with it on our YouTube channel, uh, which I remind you is Climate DN, although you probably know that if you're watching this video. But don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to ring the bell so you get notifications about our latest videos. Now, the problem with the UN document is that it's the report that turned out to be the climate disaster when it was quickly pointed out that its own data showed things getting better, not worse, and that the alarm they tried to sound was based on a staggeringly shoddy statistical error. Specifically, they compared 2000 to 2019 with an earlier period, 1980 to 1999, in which it is known that data on natural disasters was being collected far less rigorously. You know, the fact that the report talked about climate, quote, events, end quote, in the earlier period, and quote, disasters, end quote, in the latter one, is a pretty sure sign that they had the verdict in hand before they started the trial. Unfortunately, they also had the evidence to acquit, because even with their supposed increase in events, and the events metamorphosing into disasters, the number of deaths from climate thingies was 995,300 in the earlier period, and barely half that amount, 510,837 in the later one. And if you're wondering how such a thing could occur, especially as the Earth's population was rising and we went from 3,656 climate-related events in the earlier period to 6,681 climate-related disasters in the latter, it's due to that very basic piece of statistical bungling. As Paul Homewood pointed out, the collection of data on what did used to be called natural disasters improved dramatically in, yeah, you guessed it, the very late 1990s. As Homewood says, quote, there was a sharp jump in 1999 to 2000, end quote. Exactly at the dividing line between the two data sets that the UN compared in order to go, gotcha. Now, if you're a regular follower of the climate discussion nexus, including our various discussion groups, you'll know that we don't believe in conspiracy theories. Frankly, we don't think human beings are capable of such things, though we certainly are capable of misplaced sincerity. But having said that, what are we to make of a statistical error so basic that it does look deliberate? And here I ask you to consider that calls for the UN to retract the report went unheeded even once this elementary statistical problem was pointed out. And at this point, a liar would retreat. They'd know they'd been caught, and there was no point in persisting. It's the zealot who insists that somehow the truthiness of the report persists, even after its factual accuracy is shredded. And speaking of the ability of the dogma to survive admissions of rather obvious factual points, several scientists just let down their shields in a galaxy far, far away, saying that if mankind decides that the Earth is a scruffy, low-rent, Baltic avenue of planets, there are some lovely super-habitable ones out there that are slightly bigger and warmer. Yes, that's right. Among the attributes of the ideal upscale planet for the savvy human race buyer, they list, quote, an ideal of about 5 degrees Celsius hotter than Earth, end quote, as, quote, the biggest improvement, end quote. Now, these people aren't shy about thinking that life would be grand if only it were totally different. They also want to dump our shabby short-lived G-star for a durable K-dwarf, and 
who knows, include a meringue layer. But the point is, when the climate alarm isn't blaring deafeningly about rising temperatures and increasing rainfall, it's quite obvious and openly stated that warm and wet is good for life, even out there on the final frontier. And also down here on Earth. The latest newsletter also has an item from our ongoing collaboration with CO2 Science about how many people think that if our planet gets more than two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial times, it will cause a climate disaster. Yet a new study of the Roman warm period says, hey, we were well above that level 1800 years ago. We were above it again in that just won't die medieval warm period eight centuries back and no disaster happened. And then we talk about another study saying, look, climate change in the past wiped out a bunch of our hominid cousins, so we better watch out. But then, if you read the fine print, you discover that poor old Homo habilis, Ergaster, Erectus, Heidelbergensis, and that whole hairy crowd, including the can't-get-no-respect Neanderthals, quote, made for the warmest places in reach as the climate got cold, but at the end of the day, that wasn't enough, end quote. Egad, what? Cold killed them? They couldn't adapt due to limited technology? Carbon dioxide had nothing to do with it? You see, once again, when researchers take their eye off the polemical ball and concentrate on science, they blurt out that warmth is good for life and CO2 does not drive temperature. As always, there's lots more in the newsletter, including the CBC saying, forget Alberta's dirty fossil fuels, Ontario is going to boom due to green energy, and financial markets can't even figure it out. And also the latest experts say on the Great Lakes and climate change. Apparently it's causing them to fill relentlessly this time, though, as Dave Middleton points out, the actual charts in the piece show that nothing unusual is happening. And we also have another CO2 science piece, which says that Eurasian snowfall doesn't seem to be changing, whatever you may make of precipitation in the Great Lakes Basin. And then there's a study, relying partly on elephant seals, which are frankly very cool, that says East Antarctica was way warmer until about 6,000 years ago than it is now. Perhaps that perfect fixer-up planet 5 degrees Celsius warmer. But then it cooled, and it may still be cooling. Again without CO2 being a player, and again without any discernible climate disaster. So we also note a challenge from Jeffrey Sherrington to alarmists, saying you need to quantify your claims about the relationship between warming and its various supposed impacts so that we can test your theories instead of submitting to what he calls, quote, bluster, end quote, not hard science. So as always, check it out, send it around, and send us checks. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.